It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Exploration's Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work, and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. On with the show. Hey, Jeff here. Just a little note about what you're about to hear. The Early Learning Journeys podcast used to be a standalone show I did with Tamar Jacobson. We decided to roll that show into the Child Care Bar and Grill and are releasing the 14 episodes that we did as standalone shows into the Bar and Grill feed so that they'll be here. Uh, also, stay tuned for fresh episodes of that show as tomorrow and I record them. Plus, tomorrow's going to pop on for non-interview episodes now and again as time allows. So uh, we're glad to have her aboard. So here's the episode. It's great. We've had some uh, time off. Tamar moved. Life happened. Spring happened. Uh, it was delightful. But here in the studio with uh, somebody I've been waiting to hear the story of for quite a while because uh, she's she's really kind of been an inspiration to me over the years because she runs this amazing family child care on the top of a mountain in New York State, Melinda Marshall. Melinda, welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks, Jeff. It's good to be here. So tomorrow, like a lot of our guests, I stalked Melinda and made her invite me to visit her program and, and then just showed up on the mountaintop one time because she, she I, I was seeing amazing stuff from her program on on the Facebook and uh, wanted to know more about it. And and she is she is a outspoken advocate for play, uh, along with being a a in the trenches down on the floor with the kids, messy play, risky play, adventurous play, play, play kind of advocate. And um, Wanted to wanted to dig into where she came from, Melinda. We usually start um, shortly after birth with our interviews. Um, so uh, wait one second. I want to ask, what does this mean on top of a mountain? Well, we live in upstate New York. You know, normally when you say New York, everybody thinks the city, um, but we're upstate. We're um, central New York, really upstate central New York, and it, we are up on the top of a mountain on a one lane dirt road, um, you know, in the middle of nowhere. Most families are driving a half hour to get to me in the morning and then turning around and driving a half hour, 45 minutes back to work every day. Well, that's so interesting because I lived in Buffalo for 17 years. Okay, well, I'm right outside of Cooperstown. So, okay. you know, four or five hours east of Buffalo. Yes, yes. Okay, good. So, so good you're, you're on a mountain, but there's never like bears or anything, are there? Um, my neighbor texted me this morning and said, our garbage cans got ripped apart. These are new neighbors um, from California. And I said, well, it's probably a bear. You better 
you know, lock down your garbage cans now. So it's here. Our other neighbor has paw prints uh, out in his yard. So, yeah. <laughs> Real mountaintop. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, Melinda, you were born. Then what happened? Um. Well, then, <laughs> how far forward? How far forward can we go? <laughs> um, well, what what was child? What what kind of child was Melinda, and what was childhood like? Um. Well, I was. We, I grew up um, kind of a single child for a long time. My sister didn't come along until I was like 11, 10 or 11, 10-ish, 11. Um, and I had a stay-at-home mom. Um, and I, we was old school, old-fashioned play. It was you get up in the morning and she kicked us out. And <laughs> I went and played with the neighborhood friends. And nobody really knew where I was or what we were doing. Or Were you on top of a mountain? No, we, I grew up um, a more um, more urban area. It was an apartment complex um, downstate, about three hours downstate from here. Um, so there were a lot of other, there was a pretty big apartment complex. Um, There's a lot of people around and, you know, a lot of kids. I grew up with a lot of kids. We'd ride our bike down, you know, the arterial with busy traffic and go to the corner store to buy five cent candies and, you know it was it we played outside most of the time were you a leader were you a follower were you a quote-unquote good kid were you a troublemaker I, at that point yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> I was a good kid I was quiet but for our group of friends I was probably definitely the leader of the pack <laughs> yeah but I was a good kid I was quiet I was quiet in school I never got in any trouble you know in elementary school did you enjoy school um I did I went to a private um Catholic school until sixth grade so it was very small and very close-knit and we all kind of grew up you know it's like a family it's like an extended family when you grow up in a small school like that so it sounds idyllic yeah it was you know Tomorrow, I'm, I'm, I'm sensing at some point Melinda becomes a wild child for a little while. Just the, the just the tone I've heard in her voice a couple of times. I, I, we're gonna we're gonna get there. But um, so were you were you good at school? I mean, you were a good kid, but were you good? Did you do school well? Um, yeah, I did. I did. I w- it was fairly easy for me. Um, were you were you spit, like academic wise? Spitting a lot of spit wads through straws or things like no, that in the class? I, I was too That's afraid great. of the nuts to be bad. That I was sounds so gross. What's oh. that? It, it, spit wads, they it, sound very gross. Well, they were <laughs> totally gross. Um, two ways to do it. You either, you either, um, you know, if you're, if you're in middle school, you had access to, to straws back in the day and we would sneak them away from, uh, from the lunchroom, but then you'd cut them short so that uh, they were easier to conceal. But the other thing you could take an old, one of those old big pens and pull the pen part out and then you'd have that plastic pen tube um, in the classroom for, for spit wadding. But um, this episode isn't about spit wadding. Um, <laughs> I, I, I have lots of warm memories, but apparently Melinda doesn't. Did you ever, you didn't do any spit, did you ever get hit with a spit wad in school? I'm sure I did. Okay. Well, good. <laughs> At some point. But I never did. <laughs> well, tomorrow I'm going to, I'm going to put some, I'm going to put a call out to some people to, to stalk you. And next time you're in the coffee shop, watch out. 
<laughs> so we've been terribly derailed. Um, so what were you, this is elementary school. And so what was what was home like? The sister came along. Was she a troublemaker? Did she just kind of upset the flow of things? What what happened? Um, my sister came along when I was probably about 10 or 11. At the same time, we had moved to another town, another apartment complex. My dad had gotten a new job. Um, so that's when things kind of changed a little bit when my sister came along. Some of the um, things that came along with that in, the, in our family. So, um, well, but yeah. That sounds interesting. I think we need to just pause here for a second and find out a little bit more. Um, well, my sister was a bit of a surprise to uh, my mom and my dad. Um, and uh, it kind of changed the dynamic of um, our family a little bit. Um, and I, you also, you come to an age, you know, when you're, when you're young, you don't really see things. And then as you get older, you kind of um, see things a little bit differently. You start to understand a little bit about what what's going on. Um, so there was a little bit of a rocky road with, you know, their marriage and my mom and um, my mom and I and coming to terms, realizing that um, she had some issues. So, um, you know, things kind of took a turn when I was like 10 or 11, a little bit. Um, I think my mom deals with some things, um, a little bit of, nar <laughs> a whole lot of narcissism um, and things like that. So, you know, it changed. Um, things started to come to light for me around 10 or 11 years old. It's kind of so way. In a way, it was a loss because your the, the the idyllic sort of childhood you started to lose it. Yes, exactly. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. Did you um, have any support? Did you have people that could help you through that? Um, not really. I was very quiet in school, and when you're quiet and well behaved, um, right. you get overlooked a lot. So right. because I didn't make a ruckus in school, nobody knew there was ruckus at home basically <laughs> um so yeah I got swept under the rug at school a lot yeah that really makes me so mad you know I always want teachers to to especially hone in with children who are quiet and um yeah and withdrawn in a way which yeah. sounds like you you must have been then because you had a lot to deal with yeah exactly that's exactly um what was happening. And then once I got into middle school, I kind of rebelled quite a bit. <laughs> um, I didn't get into a lot of trouble. I've never been into a lot of trouble, but you know, I didn't care as much about school or getting good grades or just kind of hanging out with the wrong crowd. And now, now paint, paint me a picture of this. What year is this? <laughs> Probably eighth, ninth, by eighth, ninth grade. I definitely was a little bit rebellious but, but i mean like what year is this the the 91 oh you're so young <laughs> you're so young um okay okay so so early 90s melinda early 90s. um how are you dressing and what was this crowd you were hanging around with up to um well i was kind of all over the place with how i dressed but that was like the height of like the grunge like the black clothes and the 
you know, Nirvana and, you know. Were, were you ever a goth girl? Not all the way goth, like, but. It's semi-goth? Semi-goth. <laughs> semi, semi-heavy metal, semi. I listened to all kinds of music, but I definitely hung out with kind of the, you know. And and so you start running around with this. Not, Wait a second. Oh, Wait a go second. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. When you say you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was wrong about the crowd? Um, you know, they didn't. It was the crowd that didn't care about school. They skipped school and hung out under the football bleachers, smoking cigarettes, and you know, skipped class a lot and. That's about the worst, you know. Yeah. Okay. Except okay. for the part you don't want to talk about. That's okay. Um, did you? <laughs> but did on you the ever... other hand, they were like a support system for you. Um, kind of. Yeah, I was at my friend's house. A lot. At my friend's house is more than I was home at that point. So, yeah. you know. And then with my sister being 10, 11 years younger, like I wasn't, didn't really know even her that well because I wasn't around. I tried to be at friends' houses as much as I, as I could. But are you are you close today? No, unfortunately, not really. Uh-huh. Yeah, we try, but there's a lot of um, there's a lot of hurt and a lot of animosity and a lot of triangulation on my mother's part that has put a rift in. Unfortunately, uh-huh. in the relationships. Uh-huh. it makes it tough. We try. I try to reach out. We you know we both try, but like right now, we haven't spoken in probably almost a year. Uh huh. Yeah. Not anything anybody did wrong. It just we're just not close. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So this is going to have some kind of effect on you with children later. Yeah. So how did home respond to you with the black eyeliner, I'm guessing, and the uh the uh the music and and this crowd that you didn't used to hang around with? Um <laughs> not much of a reaction. You know, I was kind of left to my own devices until, you know, it got really bad. <laughs> but um, yeah, they didn't. I mean, my mom would try and yell at me. She didn't like the music I listened to or, or some of the friends I had. But it yeah, wasn't. So what, uh, what is really bad? That's what we want to know. <laughs> well, we're getting there. <laughs> I, I want to know before that. I want to know is, it, it, what, did you? Do you wish you would have got more of a response? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And looking back now, I know I was, it was a cry for attention that, you know, I didn't get. Or for help, for help. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So at this age, 10, 12, 13 in there, um, had you, had you done any mm, babysitting yet? What was your relationship with young children at this point? Was that a, I actually got my first babysitting job the summer I turned 13 and it was for two girls um, all summer long. Um, Mom was a waitress and worked a lot. So I actually spent quite a bit of time at their house because she would work doubles and I would just be there, you know, all the time. Um, And they actually had a very um, tumultuous home life too. Like it was you know, a little bit unstable. Um, so I tried to, you know, that's when I started, um, 
you know, I tried to spend as much time as I could with them and have fun, do fun stuff with them. And, and, uh, you know, for, for you or for them, probably both <laughs> looking back now, you know, um, cause a funny story that goes with that is years later, um, my mom actually ran into them, um, at the mall, they were like Christmas shopping or something. I hadn't seen them in years and years and years. And uh, the girls had actually, one was um, engaged to get married and one was just getting out of college, I think. And they had uh, told my mom that if it wasn't for me, that they would have never even had a childhood. Um, yeah, so that, when, when I heard that, that's kind of what solidified that this is probably what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life. Because, you know, I wanna be that person for people who maybe don't have people at home sort of. I want to be that safe place for, for kids to be able to come to. So that story is always, you know, hit home for me that even though I had kind of a rocky home life, they did too. So, you know. So, I mean, you, you are, I mean, in my eyes, you're kind of an early learning superhero. So that's kind of your origin story. I mean, Spider-Man got bit by that, uh, that radioactive spider and, and you had, had your, your summer with those girls. Yeah. 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 There was a couple, couple summers that we spent a lot of time together. So they, uh -huh. they were like family, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So when do you get really bad? Well, <laughs> you know, I hit about 10th, 11th grade and I just, I mean, I never did anything wrong. I've never been arrested. I've never, you know, I've never done anything illegal. Um, but I did rebel a lot and I did, you know, was hanging out with, you know, the wrong crowd and I ended up, uh, I got pregnant when I was 17, um, senior year of high school. So I had my son um, in July of 1996. So, and uh, ended up being a single teenage mom. <laughs> um, and how was that? Well, um, again, cho choosing the wrong people to, you know. <laughs> um, so I ended up coming back home. Well, when I, when my parents found out I was pregnant, they at first kicked me out. So I moved in with my son's father and, um, that only lasted about nine months and that was, uh, not a good situation. So I ended up having to move home. Uh, my parents did let me come back. Um, and I worked, I had to get a job and I just worked a lot and, um, to take care of him. And, you know, that is what, really straightened me out to be honest was having us you know my child um I, I and knew how I did it feel how did it feel to have that child uh well I mean I absolutely adore him but it was it was hard it was hard yeah. I was 17 I didn't have a, a good uh parental role model of how to be a mother um I had to move back home with her <laughs> um so it was hard I worked a lot you know and and it was it was a tough uh, the first couple of years of his life were, were tough. What kind of it work were you tough. doing? I worked at a, um, it's, it was an ice cream shop, but they also sold dairy and it was like a gas station. It was like the corner where everybody goes for breakfast. It was like a little dinette, all like in one kind of mm -hmm. store. Um, and I opened, so I didn't, I have to be there by, you know, four 30 in the morning and, and I, you know, I didn't have a car at the time, so I walked to work and I'd walk home and, and, uh, 
you know, and I, and I was good with that. I was, I'm, I was good with um, customer service and retail. Um, and I thought I was going to work my way up there. I had worked my way up to assistant manager uh, fairly quickly. And I was thought I was going to go all the way to, you know, manager, district manager, but you know, then things changed again. So. Was yeah. your, where was your little guy where you were working? Uh, my mom watched him which was the best of the situation I could make at the time. So, you know, yeah. But then um, I was there for like three years. I met my now husband and uh, we decided to move out of the apartment complex. And um, we were renting a house from his sister. And I had said to him when we met, if we get married and we have more children, I want to find a way to stay home with them because I had had to have my mom watch my son and I just didn't want to do that again. And I didn't, you know, I wanted to be there for my kids. So that's when I decided to start watching uh, children in my home. And it's been, that's where we've been ever since. Do, do you have a meet cute story? Did he like come in for ice cream or something or how did he? <laughs> Every morning for his two large coffees, his newspaper, and his scratch-off. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like flirting with you at the counter. And yeah, that's, yeah. that's when we met. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's yeah. nice. And so you're, you're in an apartment when you start? Yeah, this? the same apartment complex I grew up in, um, I, we decided to get an apartment together, you know, in the same complex. Uh-huh. Um, so we lived there for... I think almost two years together. And then his sister offered to let us go move into um, her house and rent from her. Um, so that's when we moved, you know, and I, and that's how I started doing daycare. And, and so have you had more children? Um, we did. We had one more. Uh, we had a son together in 2002. Uh-huh. So I have two boys. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. He actually adopted my older son after we got married so good man yeah Yeah. what what was the what was the beginning of your program like um well you know I started at the time you know it's funny at the time I didn't even have a printer so I hand drew a sign and colored it in you know and uh, hung it up at the local grocery store and within a couple like a week or two I had two children, uh, a brother and a sister. And um, at first, I've always been, always wanted children to just be able to play. I've always, always, always wanted that. So that's how we started. They just come over and um, and uh, play all day, <laughs> you know, and uh, we'd go outside and, you know, just do outside stuff. And, and then, um, as time went on and I started getting more kids and parents started kind of pushing for like the academic thing, I tried to do that for a while. Um, but that's just not me. It's just not. What, what did that look like? The, what were they, what were they wanting and what were you trying? You know, they wanted, the parents wanted what looked like school. They wanted to see proof, um, you know, through worksheets and, you know, and craft projects and, you know, stuff like that. And, and I tried, we'd try to sit down and do like real circle time and, you know, with the calendar and the dress, the teddy bear thing. And, 
you know, for the weather and, you know, and um, it just wasn't me. It just wasn't, I, I can't. Dress the teddy bear thing for the yeah, weather? Yeah, there was like this teddy bear that you, for the weather, like if it's raining out, you put his raincoat on or if you, you know, uh-huh. if it was snowing, you put their snowsuit on and, you know, that whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I see. So, so, so how, how, go ahead. I wanted to ask what education you had for early childhood. Uh, none. To no. this day? Uh, to this day. It's all hands-on, real-life experience. But you said you read my books, so you, d- you do read. Yeah. Oh, I love to read. Yeah, I don't, I don't have, you know, an actual ECE degree in anything. But I love to read. I have read every book that I can get my hands on. Uh-huh. Um, to do with early childhood. Yes, yes. So in other words, you study. I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're self-educated. I'm self-educated, yes. <laughs> and I have, to, I have thought about going back to school, um, but at this point, it would just be for my own, you know, knowledge and my own, you know, to say that I did it. But uh-huh. I still think about doing it once in a while, but I haven't made that leap yet. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know what? You don't need to, obviously. Yeah. Because you said you read everything. Yeah, I, I love to read. I absolutely love it. I read, you know, all the time. Any any books I can... Do you also go sometimes to conferences? Um, we don't have the best options for training in person and conferences up here. A lot of it is that, you know, academic-driven... You know, some of the ones that I've had to go to, we have to do 30 hours of training every two years. Uh So some of the ones that I go to, they're very like, um, I joke and say how to wash your hand trainings because it's like every year it's very basic and it never dives deep into child development or, you know, theories or anything like that. It's always the same. That's too bad. How you wash your hands. <laughs> There's only so many times you can go through a training of this 27 steps to change a diaper and things like yes, that. Exactly. Exactly. 27 steps. I, I just pulled that number out of my head. but Well, you're pretty close. Jeff. I'm sure you're, I, I, that might be lowballing it for some, <laughs> some ways. Yeah. I do. So you wash your hands, you prepare the thing. Is that what you mean? And then you do yeah, the Yeah, all those, all those steps. Yeah. So... When you, okay, so you start out, you want the kids to play. That's just where you come from. That's just who you are. The parents are kind of pushing towards more academic stuff after a while. You try it. And then? Well, then we decided to buy a house. (laughs) Um, And that's when we moved from downstate to up where we are now. And um I actually tried when we first moved here I said nobody's ever gonna drive all the way up here I'm gonna have to go find a job so I tried to work at the local center I say local but it's 45 minutes from here um I didn't make it more than four months I didn't like what was happening there at all um With, with the children Yeah, just with the way it was run and, you know, again, very academic, very, you know, top down, teacher led, um, adult controlled. I got yelled at because I sat on the floor with children on my lap. So, you know, that wasn't allowed. Um, uh, What? Huh? Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, you weren't allowed to just sit on the floor with children on your lap. You had to constantly be doing something, you know. Oh, so, so sitting on the floor and having a child on your lap, were both of those were, those were that was multiple infringements or? Yes. <laughs> yes. Wow, what's yeah. the name of this program? Are they still open? <laughs> they're still there. I'm not going to call them out, but they're still there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if but anybody's how, listening, they know who you're talking about. How smart of you to know that and to leave. Yeah, I, it was not the right fit for me at all. Because I some people stay in those environments, you know, yeah. and their soul atrophies. Yeah. So it's really good that you got out of there. Yeah, yeah. So I said, well, you know, I'm going to try to see if I can get anybody to um, come here. So I went and had my home license, and uh, it took a little bit to get my name out there and word of mouth and stuff. Um what did you have to do to get your home licensed? Uh, you have to go through the state and, you know, they come and uh, do inspections and stuff. And it's just a lot of paperwork. That's basically it. A had, lot had, of you done, had you done that with your previous program? No, I was not licensed downstate. <laughs> I was? Oh, I was licensed downstate. <laughs> okay. Well, no, I mean, no, I mean, there's, look, look in, in, in this world, um, I believe probably for, I mean, the vast majority of human history, children were taken care of in situations where the state wasn't mandating how it happened. And they, they turned out pretty well. They, they went and did things like one World War II um, and, and built, I mean, built, built society. And, and so, you know, there are lots probably benefits of regulation, but a lot of a lot of parents make choices that don't involve that. And there are probably some pretty horrible programs out there in those situations. And there are also probably some pretty decent programs out there in those situations. Um, so there's, I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with, with that. When we, when we did family childcare, the moment we didn't legally have to be regulated. We let our numbers drop and it got to the point where if you have less than X number of kids, you don't have to have any state involvement. We, we said, no, bye, thanks, um, and left. And parents were perfectly happy with that because the program didn't change at all. Right. In fact, it probably got better because we weren't, we weren't having to do so much paperwork and other, other BS. Um, it's a little bit of editorializing on my part. I apologize, but um, yeah, I... <laughs> So you jump through the hoops, you're licensed. Did anybody show up at the mountain? Um, yeah, within a, you know, a month or so I had a, a few children here and, uh, and then it just grew from there. And I had started where I left off. <laughs> I said, okay, we're going to do circle time, you know, circle time and, and all this, um, crafts and academic stuff. And, uh, I, that only lasted a little bit before I said, I can't, I have to be true to who I am finally and step into, um, what I believe and, and shout it from the mountaintop. And, and if people want that, they're going to, they're going to choose me. And that's pretty much how it's worked out. Out since. So Jeff, how did you find Melinda? Facebook. I stalked I, him. 
I think I did the stalking. I, I did the oh, stalking yay. of my own. She, she was posting amazing kid pictures of, of kids doing amazing stuff. Lots of loose parts, lots of play. Um, and, and so I stalked her and then I happened to be in the neighborhood. I mean, within three hours, um, (laughs) you know, New York's a big neighborhood doing a presentation. It might, I might've been in Buffalo doing a presentation and drove Uh over, but I'm like, Hey, I'm going to be in the neighborhood. Can I, can I stop by? And she's like, um, yeah, if you can find the place, cause we're literally on top of a mountain and it's this long, windy, beautiful. I mean, it's just a beautiful part of the world. And, and Melinda let me come out and hang out for a while. I've, I've been there two or at least twice, maybe three. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're talking and, and Melinda's doing things. And, you know, my, my favorite part about the, the first visit was, I think uh, it was lunchtime and there were, there were a couple, maybe two year olds, um, family style meals, ditch, dishing up like spaghetti or or whatever it was for each other, and and helping and and pouring their own stuff, and it was it was beautiful. Wow, I'm so impressed. I really am. I mean, what you went through in your childhood, and then to give this quality experience for children, what a gift! What a gift! How did you know to do that? You know. It started as I just wanted to watch children while I raised mine. And when they went to school, you know, um, I would go back to work and I just, I I don't know. It just, it's just calls me to stay, you know, my youngest is 18 now. Um, Next month's actually my 20th anniversary of doing family childcare, 20th year. Wow. Um, Congratulations. Thanks. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I just feel called to do it. And and a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of things that I had to work through and were hurtful and and still hurt when I think about it. But I feel like if I didn't go through that experience, I wouldn't understand children the way I do. And I wouldn't, you know. um, Do you understand those quiet children? Yes. (laughs) Yes, very much so. That's so good for them that they have you. Yeah, yeah. What does your mother think? Um, I don't get much feedback. Um, she actually, I mean, I could tell a story. I feel bad. I almost feel you, guilty. You tell a story. <laughs> I almost feel guilty um, talking about her. You know, it's hard for me to still talk about this a little bit. Um, because I don't want to put her, I don't want to show her in a bad light. That's just how I am, you know. Um, but I could tell you a funny story. <laughs> um, she how, wanted, how, um, how likely is it that she'll listen to the podcast? Uh, zero. Okay. No, so zero percent. So <laughs> um, and Jeff, you're not going to call her, okay? I'm not. No. And listeners, listeners, if, uh, <laughs> don't be a jerk and send that. I was going to say, if anybody I know listens to this and I don't know, I, you know, I'm at the point now where I have to kind of be honest with her anyway, but, yeah. um, but funny, you, you read my books and I'm pretty honest about my family. Yeah. I'm still struggling with, um, being vocal about a lot of yeah. it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, oh, no, that's, I absolutely understand. So tell us what you can. Well, a funny story. <laughs> um, when she still lived downstate after we had moved up here, she wanted to come stay for a week and I to visit. And I said, well, I have, you know, children here. And, and she's like, oh, it's okay. And, and uh, so we're out in the front yard and my front yard, 
where the children play is it's really like a junkyard. There's mud and sand and gutters and just loose part. It's our junkyard basically. And the, and the, perfect. (laughs) And the kids are allowed to get as dirty as they want, you know, and uh, they paint their bodies with paint and they paint the toys with paint and, and my mom was in the front yard and she was really just disgusted by what she saw happening, you know, cause that wasn't how my mother is kind of a neat freak. And, you know, um, a mother had shown up to pick up her daughter and my mom looked at her and said, I'm so sorry that my daughter allowed your child to get so dirty. Oh, no. <laughs> this mother didn't know my mom really, but this mother lit into her <laughs> <laughs> and said, I don't, you know, I don't mean any disrespect. I know we don't know each other, but, and kind of told her like it was. And my mom was so upset. She packed her bag and asked to be dri- go home that night. So I had to drive her all the way back home. Wow. She's well, never, see- stayed, she's never <laughs> stayed here since then. <laughs> that's a great story well you know it's you know I wish I I wish I had the ability to say those things to my mother and I still don't I don't so it was so nice to hear another mom validate me absolutely absolutely did did you like have a warm hot cup of coffee waiting for that mom the next morning (laughs) (laughs) it says a lot for you as a as a uh, an early educator yeah that that mother stood up for you like that it, yeah it's so much about you actually yeah. what she did right um, that is a fantastic story you know I'm 72 now and um four years ago my mother died a week short of 100 and I still never told her like that mother told your so I understand that you that you haven't said anything yeah. but I'm so happy that that mother did that for you that's yeah. incredible and it really speaks to to your ability with the children and the parents and and so forth what a that's a fantastic story on so many levels yeah yeah I don't think that mom um even really knows how much that that meant to me but that story will probably stay with me for a long time forever absolutely yeah, yeah. absolutely Hey, Melinda, I've been wondering about this. What, what's your, in your eyes, what's your job? (laughs) What's my job? What's your job? (laughs) My job? Um, I get to prance around in the dandelions and do a lot of paperwork. (laughs) That's a big joke. (laughs) Um, My job is to just make sure children are treated the way I wish I had been treated while their parents are gone at work during the day. That's so beautifully put. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. I just want to make sure that they have a good childhood. That's my job. That's my job. (laughs) Yep. That's so beautifully put. Jeff, that's so beautifully put. It is. That could be one of your, you know, you know how you make those sayings. <laughs> well, you should, I, I, well, yeah, but you, th- those are all from books, though. Melinda's got to write a book to put that in, and then I can put it, <laughs> and I can make the quote. Um, <laughs> Melinda, um, also, what? 
I'm guessing at least once or twice a family has trekked up to the top of the mountain looking for care and said, I had that reaction to your mom had, or do they, are they all by now at this point, do they all kind of know what they're getting into because uh, word of mouth and everything with your program? I think in the beginning, when I first um, stopped apologizing for the way I did things, um, I may have had a family or two not choose me, but now I think, I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm sticking a feather in my cap, but people know who I am now. And I think they purposely seek that out. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. (laughs) I hope. (laughs) Well, Um, I mean, there's kids in the program, right? Yeah, right. (laughs) And I mean, word of of mouth is the, is the best advertising. That was always my experience. Yeah. And I have a, I have a, a waiting list now. So, um, you know, I think people know coming in who I am and, and what we do here and. Um, I was actually in a grocery store 45 minutes away, like two weeks ago. And I always, no matter where I am, I get the comment, wow, you buy a lot of food. Cause I'm usually trucking two or three shopping carts, you know, behind me. And I, and, um, and I always give the same story. Oh, I do a childcare out of my home and, you know, I feed 16 children every day. And, and, um, the woman said, well, where are you located? And I said, oh, we're, we're in Worcester. Like most people don't know. She's like, are you the hippie up on the hill? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if I should take that as a compliment. <laughs> like, cause to me, and I said, well, yes, I guess I am. <laughs> um, because to me, taking kids outside to play is not, I don't know. I guess it's so outlandish now, like the thought, but that mm-hmm. I get considered to be a hippie, but that's where children, you know should be outside that's all you know we have a couple of farm animals but I'm not like a huge you know I don't know I took it as a compliment but I so word is it's out I guess you know for somebody that far away to yeah to know exactly you're well known where. you're well known yeah I mean if you have a parent who's who's supporting you and by you know <laughs> telling your mother what is they like what you do for their children yeah, I think most of my families, you know. Most that. parents want children to be happy. Right, right. I mean, they want them to be educated, but they want them to also to be happy. Right, right. And How that's my goal, oh. is to make them happy. Yeah. You know, happy kids. How long did it get, take you to get confident about doing things the way you do them? Or have you got there yet? Yeah, I'm definitely there now. But I think it probably sometime around 2012-ish, 2000, maybe 14 at the latest, I started um, trying to tiptoe around, you know, saying things or showing pictures on Facebook or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and still kind of held my breath. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that it would be okay. But it's been probably five or six years now that I just, this is me and this is what we do and this is how we do it. And if this program isn't for you, I completely understand and, you know, best of luck, <laughs> you know. Is is that confidence a, a new thing in your life? The way you were talking earlier about the teenage years and maybe the middle school years, 
I wasn't I wasn't sensing that you were feeling like you were a real confident person. Is is it is this something that's new to you? Um, yeah, it's I mean it's always the fire has always been there. I'm just afraid to verbalize it, you know, yeah. or you know. And it's like I told you, I don't even like public speaking. Like this is all I'm trying to push myself to be more out there and, and, um, you know, open and honest about who we are and, and how we do things. Tomorrow behind the scenes, every six months or so, I get a hold of Melinda and, and try to push her out of her comfort zone for something because yeah. I, I, I really think she's, because she's in the trenches doing it every day. I really think there's a lot that she could teach family childcare about how to do family child care and early learning period well. Um, and so one of my goals in life is to, to, uh, to, to share Melinda more with the world. It's a really good goal. And I was, uh, you know, I was thinking maybe you don't want to write about it, but definitely like the family, the national family child care conference, that's a perfect place to do a presentation about what you do. I mean, would you would you do it with her, Jeff? Well, I'm I'm I've decided uh, the only presentations I'm doing now are online. I'm, I've decided to give up traveling. Um, is that but, right? But, is that but Melinda, 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 I've talked about uh, having her build some online trainings for for some projects I'm working on because um, look, at, at, I, I started making a list of people. Because um, I'm, I'm working on building out a, a online training platform a little bit more, and Melinda was in the uh, in the top five of people I, I thought that I'd want involved because because of that experience and because because family childcare needs that, wow. and and because there are a lot of people who are doing especially family childcare I think in training deserts like Melinda lives in where it is always the same hand washing and and uh, sudden infant death syndrome trainings going on and there's not a lot of uh, a lot of opportunities for for other things but now that we've got broadband internet in so many places right. um it makes makes the opportunity to to put more of that stuff out there so um i hope uh, melinda gets over that public speaking fear and just kind of does those reps and builds up that confidence and uh, and takes those steps in the future but melinda my plans for you don't matter what do you what are your plans for you um, I'm going to be a family child care provider for the rest of my life, you know, and we joke about, oh, when are you going to retire? And oh, when are you gonna, but it just, you know, every time children move on and leave for school, there's more coming up right behind them. And how can I turn away from that? Do you, do you have people who help you? Uh, my daughter-in-law works for me. Um, She's my um, main assistant. She's usually here most of the time. She just had her first uh, first baby, so I have my my first granddaughter. Congratulations! Oh, amazing! Congratulations! Thank you. And then I just um, hired uh, her her brother's uh, future wife. So <laughs> we're we're kind of making it a, a family <laughs> a family Great. thing. So. Great. Yeah, so that that means you have to be stuck with your grandbaby around every day. It's terrible. Oh, oh you poor <laughs> woman. That must be horrible. Yeah, it's so it's hard work. <laughs> I envy you that so much. <laughs> is, is, yeah. is she cute? 
She's adorable. <laughs> adorable. <laughs> and they actually live on our other, we have adjacent property. So they're right around the corner um, on the other piece of property. So um, it's nice. They're right there. They're right around the corner. Sure. If you don't get enough of her during the day, you can, you can pop over and kidnap her for, for grandma time in the evening. Uh -huh. <laughs> are, are those are those women also readers like you of early childhood things? Um, not as much. I'm a little <laughs> intense. I love to read. Like that's my favorite pastime. Um, I the the one girl that I just hired. Um, I just learned today that she likes podcasts. So sure. she likes yeah. to listen to podcasts. So and and she likes to learn too. So. Um, I was just telling her about Jeff today and, and all the podcasts and, and, um, so she has, um, a degree in, uh, natural, uh, nature. It's a nature based, um, I don't know the, off the top of my head right now, but she's interested in opening a forest school eventually, wow. um, in another area. They're thinking about maybe moving in, a, you know, in a couple of years or uh -huh. things like that. So, so she has interest in early childhood. Um, but I think she just started here like last week. So I think she's going to work out well, but cool. Cool. Yeah. So, so actually you're also mentoring people. Uh, sort of. Yeah, I guess sort of. Yeah. No. yeah. yeah. That's I mean, what you're doing. You're, you're, you're doing that literally in your own program, but Melinda, you're doing a hell of a lot of that with your, with your presence on social media. I mean, you, you are a staunch advocate for what you believe in when it comes to, when it comes to these things. And, and just, the, just the little blurbs you post, the images and that kind of stuff, it, it has a profound impact on people. I, 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 I mean, my program has been closed for going on eight, nine years now. And so if I have to send somebody to, hey, look, look, this is what this is what play this this is what play looks like. This is what loose parts look like. You're you're one of maybe four or five programs that I send them to to spy on because because you're doing that. Um, what, what is the Facebook page called? Um, well, our my business page is Mountaintop Family Childcare. Uh -huh. um, and I don't post on that as much as I probably should. A lot of times I just post on my personal uh -huh. um, page because it was more to show the parents. Mm -hmm. um, I do have an Instagram too, but again, I don't really use that as much. So maybe I probably should be posting. No, you should do what's comfortable for you. Yeah. There's yeah. still a lot of stuff there. People can scroll through. <laughs> yeah. So you're just under Melinda Marshall. Yeah, for my personal, yeah, yeah. Or the, the business page is Mountaintop Family Child Care. Uh -huh. So that yeah. What what has been what has been the biggest struggle for running your own business? The paperwork. I'm not, not enough of it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Especially through COVID. Oh, I just want some more paperwork, you know. Um <laughs> I joke that I just literally want to frolic in the dandelions with kids. Like the paperwork part is not what I, I'm not good at organizing. I'm not good at keeping up with it. That's a tough, you know, the business side of the business administration, I guess, side of things. It's hard for me. I just want to be outside with the kids. Yeah. And if you're about to celebrate your 20th anniversary, you, you must have made it work on the business side because you're yeah. still there, which I mean, for family child care, that, that takes some doing. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 
Yep, it's been, you know, it's, it's, I love, I love the, what I do with the kids. I love that part of it, you know, and that's what keeps me going is the kids, you know. How does your husband feel about your business? <laughs> um, I mean, he's a hundred percent supportive of it. Um, you know, and, and the children, he, he works, you know, most of the time when the kids are here. So, you know, he's not here a lot. Um, but he's actually one of my substitutes. And when I need him, he fills in for me and he's the, you know, the go-to guy when I need things built or, you know, put together or taken apart or, you know, so he's built a lot of cool contraptions and, you know, that kind of stuff. So. You know. What what advice would you give to somebody starting wanting to start out in a play based family child care program? Because I think a lot of family child care programs. I mean, I, I think there's a push out there to make family child care programs often look like center programs. Mm -hmm. um, and and I think that that happens in some of the training people get in the in the formal academics um, that they 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 engage in. But I mean, even the even the uh, the catalogs out there are marketing towards centers, and so family child care see those catalogs and and then they they buy those things and and so they take on often take on that that center based look. What, what advice would you have for somebody wanting to do play-based family childcare? Um, well, you know, along with that, I think I, I've talked to a lot of providers on social media who, who they themselves feel like they need to make it look like a school in order to be taken seriously. Um, and I think that, you know, I, my whole goal is to keep the family in family childcare. Um, I think your home should look like a home. I mean, we have a playroom and we have, you know, a block shelf and an art area and things like that. But I think it's, you just need to keep it simple and keep it family orientated. And, you know, I think I just run my day like we're just all family. And what would we do if, you know, we were just, if we were, if I was the mom, what would I do all day long with, with them? And, and I, you know, I keep that in, uh, in mind to me, it's more of the care that they receive, you know, that's where all the learning happens. So it is the home cooked meals and it is the time it takes to change diapers and wash hands. And, and, you know, that's where most of the learning happens. So right. to me, that's where the importance is, is, is the care that they get during the day that's my I, focus I, I, I think one one thing you bring to it too is this this chill um I, I can see why the woman at the grocery store referred to as a hippie because you're you, you're really chill with the kids Melinda and yeah. there doesn't seem to be a lot of rushing going on yeah I mean I'm certainly get overwhelmed and stressed and I'm not I'm not always chill but and when it comes with to the children, I mean, yeah, there's no rush. Where are we going? There's right. no rush. They're here till five thirty. We have all day to get it done. You know, there's no, there's yeah. no rush to get through those things. You know, if lunch takes an hour and a half, and it takes an hour and a half, and that's so good for children. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't like those abrupt transitions, and you know, yeah. it's it's hard for them. I mean, we even struggle. 
you know, we come inside, they have to have their hands washed and, and, and licensing says they can't, you know, they can't touch anything until they wash their hands. And well, what do you do with 15 kids when the other one is, you know, just, it'll, I'm not into the stress for the kids. I like just, we have all day. We're not going anywhere. And it's so, it's very important what you say is that they learn from all those simple acts that you're doing all the time. Right. A lot of stuff. Um, right. People forget that. They think, oh, these are kind of chores. These are kind of care stuff. It's not, nothing to do with education. But they're learning to live together. They're learning how to, how to do stuff, how to count. I mean, whatever. Right. They're, they're learning a lot of things. You're right. so right about that. Right. That's a huge thing in the winter. Our winter, well, if you've been in Buffalo, you know, our winters are long and hard. And we go outside every day, no matter what. And if it takes 45 minutes for them to get their snow pants on, it's absolutely worth it. They're learning how to put their snow pants on, how to put their shoes, their boots on. They're learning patience while they wait for other people to get dressed. They're learning to help each other. Like that's where all the, right. the five minutes it takes to get their snow clothes on is where the learning is. You yeah. know that? Yeah. I'm not going to give that up to sit them around in a circle and tell them to be quiet and listen to me read a story like that. <laughs> not that I don't read stories, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And so often we're telling them to be quiet while we read them something really stupid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not you, but other people. No, <laughs> For sure. How how much how much parent education do you do? I'm not I'm not thinking the the have parents sit down in circle time, but in those conversations, the beginning and the ends of the day, them just kind of getting oriented to your program. Is that is that much of what you do? Um that's hard to say because I don't feel like any of my parents need to be um, educated on it. But I mean, there are times uh, my parents will probably listen to this and go, oh, Melinda, I've learned so much from you. But, I, you know, to me, it's just nonchalant every day. Like if they come to me for parenting advice, I, you know, I always say to them, you know, there's the professional childcare provider side. And then there's me that's still a human and still a mom and still remember being, you know, stressed out as a mother. So I try to be, um, you know, open and honest with them. But I mean, all my parents are really understanding, I think, of what we do. And, but sometimes behaviors will come up and they won't understand. And I'll say, listen, this is, you know, normal, or this is what kids do, or, you know, well, I, I suppose you've got a really self-selected group of parents that are choosing to drive half an hour each way to to the top of the mountain in the middle of the winter um, to bring their kids to you. So, I mean, they're, they've got to yeah. be pretty on board with the way you they do are. things when they when they enroll, huh? Yeah, yeah, what, I think. What what kind of, do you, do you I mean, you said you've got a waiting list now. And then over the years, do you have a, a process for weeding out families that might not fit your program when you're coming to to fill spots that you have open? Um, I do. <laughs> um. what's, what's that? What's that look like? Um, well, first that's thing, an I'll interesting say, question. I would never <laughs> have thought to ask such a question. I mean, should I be honest? Am I going to spill all my secrets now? <laughs> I, I mean, um, I usually start with stalking them on Facebook. <laughs> um, and then I'll, I'll let anybody come for an interview. 
Mm -hmm. Um, But I can usually tell right off, you know, at the first interview. um, How? How can you tell? I don't know. It's just a vibe I get. Hippie. Um, Yeah. (laughs) You know, the first time a chicken crossed my driveway and the mother scooped up her son and couldn't wait to get in the car. um, I knew that they probably weren't going to be a good fit and I probably wouldn't hear back from her, you know. Um, But for the most part, you know, it just, I usually, we have a messy play policy in my parent handbook. And that is the biggest thing I will go over at interview times. I'll say, listen, I don't, and, and I'll go over it and they'll be like, okay, we agree. And I'm like, no, I need you to really listen when I say this, <laughs> you know, and that's a huge part of um, me accepting them or not. And I know that, you know, I, you can just tell, I don't know. I can just tell if they're on board you know, with what I'm saying or not. Have, have you always had that superpower or is that something you've built up over the last 20 years? It takes time. It takes time. And it takes experience. It takes something going wrong. Um, mm-hmm. to oh, make tell you that respond. story. What's that story? <laughs> well, <laughs> um, <laughs> we had, I had a stepmother um, get very, very upset that her stepson's socks were dirty and wrong. I don't even remember at this point. I think I sent him home in the wrong socks. And anybody that knows me personally, any of my parents listen to this, they're going to laugh because they know I can't do socks. There's a pile of them in a basket. And I just, <laughs> and um, I sent him home, I think in the wrong socks. Uh-oh. And he had, fancy, he had fancy designer jeans on that got dirty. That's what it was. They were like guest jeans or something. And um, she actually called licensing on me and tried to get me for neglect. Um, she so sounds that's like an the- evil stepmother, not just a stepmother, an evil <laughs> stepmother. That's what that sounds like. Yeah, it was a difficult few months dealing with, with her. Um, but that's where the messy play policy got implemented into the handbook. So, you know, take something to go wrong an experience of, of a wrong right, right. to learn that, that, you know, sure. How to do it better the next time. So you had to deal with licensing the people coming and checking you out and yeah, they came. Yeah. Well, there was a little bit more involved in that. I don't know if you want the whole story, but <laughs> um, he was uh, older, like four, um, and he didn't want me to help him in the bathroom anymore. So he was going home with dirty underwear too. Um, and I, cause I refuse if a child says, I don't want you to touch me. I'm not going to touch them because I just, you know, respect their aut- autonomy. I, I don't know, teach them at home to wipe better or maybe use wet ones. I, I but I'm not going to do it. And uh, that was part of what she had turned into. She tried to get me, um, because I wouldn't wipe his tiny for him. Um, because he didn't want me to. Um, so that was part of it too, but. So in the end, she just left on her own accord? Um, it's a while ago now. I think what happened was he ended up, like the year came to an end and he was going to uh, big school, like the public school. So I think yeah. it was time for him to move on to kindergarten anyway, I think. So she didn't take him out of the program. Well, no, the mother, yeah, she was just the stepmom who showed up once in a while to pick him up. Like, you know, oh. I dealt with the mother and the father 
you know, I remember calling a meeting with them and making them come and sit down to talk to me about it. And I think we tried to work through things, but, um, you know, it was the stepmom making it kind of difficult. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Did she, uh, I, did she have some sort of cape or something that made her look evil? I mean, <laughs> no. able to, just, just okay. I, maybe I read too many fairy tales. I'm sorry, Tamar. I cut you off. Go ahead. No, I, I was done. <laughs> so I mean, it it takes a lot of reps to 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 figure those things out. Um, have you have you ever had to kick somebody out because they didn't they just didn't fit? Um. Yeah. Yeah, I have. I have. But I don't have, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, but at in that instance, I kind of didn't, I wasn't really honest and I probably should have been. It was more of a, they were like a, a part-time family. Um, and I said, well, I have, you know, a full-time family that needs the spot. So, you know. Um, I kind of use that as an excuse instead of really being open and honest with them. So again, it's a learning experience. You know, I only had to do that once and I probably won't handle it like that if it ever happens again. Only once? Yeah, I think it was only once. Amazing. And it was, it was for um, not non-payment. So um, that's, that's a good reason to have somebody yeah. leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it when you you've been really lucky though because we we ended up with families that were often really good at the interview process. Um, and again, over the years, I got better at it at weeding them out. That that spidey sense that you get that uh, this person isn't going to be a good fit. But I mean, goodness of fit is is really important in a program. Yeah. And I think maybe maybe even more so in a in a family program because For it sure. is a smaller smaller situation. And so when when you end up with somebody that just isn't with the program for whatever reason, it just it just grates on everybody or the kids and the the parents and and the caregivers and um it makes you not want to do the work anymore and so if you've only had a couple of those experiences you've been you've been really lucky or your your spidey sense has been a lot better than than mine was and a lot of people's are yeah yeah we've I've been really lucky with that all my parents are you know are amazing and and um you know I tell them all the time, I just open and honest. If I ever do anything that you don't like, I just want you to come talk to me about it. And, 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 and that's how it is. It's just open, honest communication. I had a little boy take a, I bought body crayons once and it said washable on the package and they were not washable. And he colored his entire face um, and it didn't come off. And, and she came to me and she said, you know, I really don't mind that you, but could you just make sure he doesn't do it on his face? Because I can't, we can't get it off, you know, and he doesn't let me wash his face. So we just, and again, I had, you know, open, honest conversation with the child. Like you can do this, but we just really can't color our entire head. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean, how old is that kid now? Has it come off by now? I mean, <laughs> I hope it did. <laughs> <laughs> He's still yeah, not walking around looking like a smurf, is he? <laughs> yeah, no, it's off now, but. Well, that's good. Time, <laughs> so time have, heals. You know, yeah, <laughs> but my parents are good. We're just, you know, I'm just lucky, I guess. So, uh, any it's any questions? Luck. Oh, go ahead. This is not luck. 
because it's all about relationship you know and um the relationships that right. you create um i mean there is a certain amount of chemistry and luck and stuff but most of that sort of thing is because of the, the relationships that you cultivate and how they trust you and how how you relate to their children and so forth relationships right. is at the heart of it all absolutely 100 percent. and and In saying, saying it, oh sorry saying it's luck kind of undercuts your your opportunity to pat yourself on the back too melinda right. because right. you 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 work really hard to to make it happen i mean you 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 do don't you i do we do i do yep now pat yourself on the back for that <laughs> <laughs> any absolutely any questions that you were expecting us to ask you that we didn't no i think you've pretty much dug deep <laughs> Well, we only dug as deep as you would allow. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, I had a couple. I say that I wanted to probe just a little bit more. But I think you answered the, the, the main core of the question of why you work with children and why you give them the experience. That beautiful thing you said that, you know, you want to give them what you never had, what you didn't have. Right. Um, and, and somehow that sort of redeems ourselves when we're doing that, you know, we can kind of give ourselves that as we're doing it for others. Right. Yeah. I've, I've said that I've said, you know, when I started this, I thought it was because children needed me. Um, but I've learned over the years that I've needed this just as much, you know, right. it's, been right. very, it's been very healing to, to work with children. You know, yeah. it's not, it might sound corny and, and cliche, but you know, it's the truth. I've learned so much about myself by dealing with children and their behavior, mm -hmm. you know, every day, because, you know, you, you can take a step back when a child is doing something, maybe they shouldn't be. Um, and I can look at the why or the, or the how, or, or maybe what's happening in their life or, you know, right. and you reflect on how did you feel when you were a child and you did those sort of things. And right. Right. Um, so it's been, just as much of a learning experience. There's a wonderful new book out now, um, talking of books. Um, Bruce Perry, who's, um, who, who writes about brain development, but in a very, very hands-on way, has written a book together with Oprah Winfrey. And uh, it's called um, and, um, What Happened to You. It's called What Happened to You. And it's beautifully written by them both. And very easy reading, and it's I highly recommend it to everybody who works with children. Oh, I'll have to get that one now too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's my cue of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Any I final thoughts? Oh, sorry. Like to read. Hmm? Any final thoughts tomorrow before we uh, let Melinda have her life back? No, I'm. I mean, I'm so happy to meet you, uh, Melinda, at, in person, and. Uh, and just, I'm, I'm so happy that children are having this wonderful experience with you. Well, and also you. that you're redeeming your childhood through that. I, you know, I know what it's like to have a difficult childhood. It's not easy going forward. Right. Thank you. So, yeah. And I've, I've, I've enjoyed your openness and sharing your story very mm. much. Thank you. Thank you. Melinda, the thing I'm most happy about is that you have high-speed internet now up there on the top of the mountain, and your Zoom worked, and that means I can bug you about other stuff in the future. It's going to be delightful. Um, thank you so much for sharing your story, and thank you so much for being a, a 
anchor for those children and family you work with on a, on a daily basis, but also an inspiration for, for people that are out there doing this work as well. It's much appreciated. Hey, listeners, this has been Early Learning Journeys. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Ah. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.